0: Welcome to another episode of the Opinionated SEO. Today, I want to talk about ChatGPT. You've probably heard this. If you haven't, haven't tried it, run over to OpenAI, take a look at ChatGPT. It's free right now. And unless it's under heavy load, you can pretty much use it just like their other AI tools, like their Playground. It's really good. And this is really making people consider AI as a replacement for a content writer. So what is ChatGPT? Okay, so ChatGPT is a interface to OpenAI's model. Their DaVinci 3.5, and their 3.5 was just released recently. It was version 3.0, which was really good. This is even better, but then they've trained this model using this ChatGPT interface to work much more conversationally much more like a dialogue, allowing it to answer follow-up questions. ChatGPT can remember some of the things that you've asked, so there's some train of thought to it. It also can challenge you if you have some incorrect premises, and it can admit mistakes. And because of that, it works really great in a question-and-answer format, in a chat-type format. Now, what is it not good for? it's not good for factual data. If I wanted it to tell me what the hours were for a restaurant, that's not the kind of data it has. It's still trained on that same data that I think goes to about July of 2021. So we're talking about about 18 months old. So it doesn't have anything in the last about year and a half. Now, what it can do though is it's also been trained on helping things like fixing code. So if you have code and it has an error, you can actually paste that code in and say, what is going wrong with my code and help debug it? And it can actually help tell you what areas you need to fix. And so it's turning into this very different, almost search engine replacement or forum replacement. Now you've got places like Stack Overflow, which are saying you cannot use it to answer questions. You have to come up with your own original answers because what people started doing is they were taking people's questions, copying and pasting it into chat GPT and getting those answers and pasting them back in and trying to get points for it. And as great as that is, it's using an AI tool for that and they want it to be original concept. And remember that a lot of this data that it has probably also ingested from stack overflow and similar types of sites. Now they trained this on the same thing that we've seen with the other AI tools, so you you've got like your Jaspers and things like that, they all tie in to this same backend system. Really, what's different with Chat GPT is that the model that they did, where it's really been tweaked so that the phrasing and the conversationality of it feel very realistic. There are limitations. they don't allow certain things. Like you can't say, how do I bully someone? How do I make a bomb? These kinds of things. It'll come back and say, we're sorry, you can't do that. There are some ways around it. And some people are trying all kinds of things. In the end, if you really need that kind of information, you're going to have to go directly to the API, but it's not going to be trained in the same way as chat GPT is. And this is what's I think the biggest differentiator is the training model that they used the language model that they've done for dialogue is really just that much better. They're calling chat GPT a sibling model to instruct GPT, which is trained on following instructions in a prompt to provide detailed responses. So it's really interesting. It takes a lot of their learnings that they have and builds on it, but people are now starting to get a little bit worried. They're like, okay, if this were to replace a writer, what does that mean for marketing and for SEO? And actually, Search Engine Journal did a whole piece on it, and they tried to answer a few things. And they said, you know, what can chat do? What can't it do? Really, what they're saying is, it's AI generated content when it comes down to it. They're not designed to do specific tasks, but they're trying to have general knowledge. And so if you have a very kind of niche thing or there's something that only a few people have answers. There's not a lot of data on the internet about it. It's not going to be able to give you those kinds of answers. A couple things that you do need to know is that it is not a reliable source of information. You have to still fact check. It doesn't know everything perfectly and sometimes it makes things up. So an example that someone had given was you asked it a question about where did this person uh get their first job, and maybe their first job's not even online, but Chat GPT kind of made up what it thought would be the type of first job that they would have. And that person said, you know what, that sounds about right, but I really didn't work there. And so it, it almost creates like a story out of it. The other thing is it doesn't know about things really after that June, July 2021. So anything in the last about 18 months right now, we're at the end of 2022. It does not have that information. So anything that happened recently, it gets kind of interesting when you start asking it about things that maybe happened 12, 18 months ago, or even 24 months ago, because it doesn't have a lot of data on it. It does have some biases. It's not perfectly neutral. So you have to just kind of accept that it tends to be a little bit more positive and removes a lot of the negativity in its responses, which may make it less factual. The other thing is it does need detailed instructions. The more specific you get, the better the answer is going to be. So you really have to spend some time crafting it. And this is what we'll probably start seeing more and more in content writers and copy editors. It's going to be an art form on how you craft these requests to the AI tool. You ask it to do things in a certain voice, in a certain tone, in a certain way. You see that with Jasper as an example, they have these different kind of recipes, so to speak, and it's all of these different variables that go into it to create a certain type of response. And once you start creating those, you end up getting some really great results and you can start getting similar type results over and over for different areas that you're trying to do. The last part here that's really big is can chat GPT content be identified? And I went into this a little bit into detailed on the GPT-3 and can it or can it not be identified? Now, GPT-2 can be. It's pretty easy to identify it. GPT-3, what I have found is that you can usually recognize AI-written content because it uses similar types of phrasing. Now, that's its default. And if you really spend that time crafting that request you can end up tweaking it to sound a very specific way that doesn't sound like ai and that's really important what ends up happening is the default settings are probably something that a person could identify if a person can identify it google or you know machine learning is going to be able to identify it that's why it's so important that you don't just copy and paste i've always found that ai content is a great starting point It can never replace a journalist, someone who has to do investigative reporting, find original content and original interviews in order to create content. Now, because of that, there's never going to be an AI that can completely replace something like a newspaper because those things it's never been trained on. Now, if you feed AI a bunch of content and ask it to summarize and put that content together into something cohesive, that's where it can do a really great job. One of the things that I did recently is I looked at some content that I had requested about two years ago through an online writing website. And I took the exact same prompt that I gave the content writer. And I put that into one of the GPT 3.5 tools. And the content that I got back was just as good. And so it was just as good as someone, and I think it was a 10 cent a word, you know, not a super expensive, not a highly researched article or anything like that. There was no interviews, nothing like that. We wanted some information about a topic because on the website, we wanted to make sure that the people were informed and understood what that service was. That We didn't need anything really original. It was more to help a user than anything else. That content was just as good It took me, I timed it, it took about six minutes to create that content. Two years ago, I spent something like $15, $20 on it for 250 words. This gave me about 550 words, and my cost was pennies. So what would make the most sense? Well, the AI-based content. Could it be identified as AI content? Probably not. I went through and copy-edited it, cleared it up, changed some of the phrasing to phrasing that I preferred. And that was probably the bulk of the four or five minutes of the six minutes was just doing those little tweaks to kind of customize it to how I would write it. And that's the big key here, is that I made it my own. The last point that Search Engine Journal had mentioned is they had a interview or a recent article with Scott Aronson who uh, talks AI safety. And one of the things that he talked about from the OpenAI research is that there may be ways that they can watermark the content. And they would do this by... Things like how many punctuation marks or where they are, number of words in a sentence, things like that, where it can be understood through machine learning that if it's a sentence is structured in a certain way, then it was generated by AI. That's pretty much all they can do. The AI tools that Google is using to determine if they're spam, they can likely look for certain words, certain errors and punctuation. I see that a lot where it uses dashes, where most people don't write with dashes. There's extra spaces after a comma, things like that. Those little telltales are something that a copy editor should be able to fix and probably adjust. And so when you're talking about creating a long form piece of content, if you don't have someone copy editing AI content, then yeah, it's probably going to be something that can be found. But realistically, watermarking if someone does a good job with their copy editing and goes through it, it's probably not going to be possible. So in the end, ChatGPT, I highly recommend taking a look at it. It's a really cool tool. It's a free for now interface into DaVinci 3.5 from OpenAI. And I think that what you'll find is that the content really does a great job. And in some cases, it can save you a ton of time when you're trying to just come up with some responses. Get some ideas on maybe top things you want to talk about, but hey, give it a shot. Write a blog post with it. Ask it some questions. Use that to generate something. See how long it takes. See how creative you end up getting from just using the tool. Because in the end, that's what it is. It's a tool, and I think that it can be used really well. My opinion: Chat GPT is just the tip of the iceberg that we're going to see in AI content. When we see GPT four, GPT five come out in the next couple years. It's going to be really hard for you to be able to distinguish that kind of content from someone who's writing regular piece of content, again, without that kind of original research interviews. Hope you guys all have a great holiday and we'll see you next year.